on Sunday, we taught about, we taught on the scripture. I'm just going to do this because I've really got something great to share with you today. On, 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 on Wednesday nights, it's deeper truths. On Wednesday nights, I really like to focus on our Jewish roots. Now, why do I want to focus on our Jewish roots? Number one, I believe in all my heart by bringing the church back to the way it was when Jesus got engaged to it, it will cause the Messiah to come back. We need to become that bride that, that Jesus, when Jesus went to be with the Father to prepare a mansion for us, we need to begin to look, act, and smell like that bride. Somebody give me a loud amen. Number two, and I'm going to show you something here tonight, my people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. With all you're getting, get wisdom and get knowledge. Everything that we need has been paid for in full. There's nothing else that needs to be done. It's been paid for in full by the blood of Jesus. But we have to add to our faith their knowledge. We who believe in Yeshua, we who believe in Jesus, and I'm going to show you this scripture tonight, we, we need to add now to our faith their knowledge. Now, I know I, I, I say this a lot upstairs when I'm teaching with leaders upstairs, but when Jesus opened the book and he read from the Bible, he did not read from Matthew. He did not read from Mark. He did not read from the book of Acts or book of Romans. Those weren't written yet. Matter of fact, they weren't even written for 100 years, 200 years, 300 years after Jesus. So the Bible that Jesus read from And the Bible that Jesus taught from is called what the church now calls the Old Testament, was never meant to be called the Old Testament, or what is called the Torah, the Word of God, what God gave Moses, the Ten Commandments and everything. And so what we need to do is we we have a relationship with the one who will heal us and the one who will deliver us and the one who will bring us prosperity. Now we need, it's like, it's like we've got, we've got the we've got the light socket now we just need to learn how to plug it in and that's what this is about now what i taught on sunday was about the mezuzah i'm going to read you something here in a minute where you see and we're going to we need to put them on well i don't know if we can get away with putting them on the doors here but if you go to my office you go to my home you'll see the mezuzah and i'm going to read that scripture on the doorpost of my house okay we taught on sunday the scripture what jesus was talking about He said, you cast the demon out. Father, I bind this spirit of poverty. I just can never, I bind this. Lord, I'm I'm so, I'm ruining my life through anger. And I rebuke it because the authority that you have. Everybody say this, I have authority. authority. See, number one, you've got to realize the authority that you have. You are not one of God's little children. You are a joint heir. Doesn't matter if you're 50 years in the Lord or if you're five days in the Lord, you are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. The reason why Jesus left us and sent the Holy Spirit to us is because while Jesus was on the earth, he was not omnipresent. Now, what does that mean? While Jesus was on the earth, God's power was not all places at all time. If Jesus was in Jerusalem, the power of God was in Jerusalem. If he was in Bethlehem or in Galilee, that's where the power of God is. That's why Jesus said, I've got to go. It is necessary for me to go. But when I go, I will send another 
who is, who is equal to me, who is identical to me, before they walked with Jesus. Now that we have the Holy Spirit, Jesus lives his spirit. The anointing of God lives within us. And that's why Jesus said, wherever you go, wherever you go, not the preacher, not the pastor alone, not the evangelist, not the teacher on television, wherever you go and you go and you go and you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wherever you are, at work, at home, in your neighborhood, the power and the anointing of God is there because he's living in you. Now he wants to work through you. Can I have an amen? Okay, so Jesus said, you cast a demon out, it goes out. And man, all of a sudden, I'm not angry for a while. And the marriage seems to be doing for a while. Or or I, I seem to be getting ahead in my finances. Or I'm feeling better. Or my children seem to be doing better. But then after a season... It's just like it was, and so many times it's worse than before. Well, we've got to understand that Jesus is a Jew, and he's explaining why is it important that we learn the Old Testament. If we don't know what is in the First Testament that Jesus is talking about, we're not going to understand the the, the Second Testament. If you you ever go into a movie halfway through... And the end doesn't make it, you go, what's this? I don't understand this. You know, a lot of times if you miss the first 10 minutes, you miss the whole essence of the movie. Okay, we came in, we came in 4,000 years after the beginning of the movie. And so we're trying to make up what it means. And so God in these last days that'll bring the Messiah back, we're relearning what Jesus is talking about. So he says, you cast the demon out. It has to obey you. I bind you. I rebuke you. It goes for a while, but it comes back. And what does the scripture say? It finds the house clean. It finds the house swept. What does that mean? You're born again. You're a child of God. But how does it know that it's swept and garnished? Because the door's still open. How can it look inside? The door is still open. How do we shut that door? We go back to Israel and Egypt, which is a shadow of us. God said, when I see the blood, so we're talking about the blood. How many places did Jesus shed his blood? Seven. Seven. You cast the demon out. You, 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 You bind anger or you bind poverty. It goes out, but it comes back, and it's seven times worse than it was before. Why? My people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. So most Christians don't know about the seven places Jesus shed his blood. Most Christians don't know that in Leviticus 16, the priest took the blood of the lamb and sprinkled it on the mercy seat that releases the blessing of God, releases healing and prosperity and joy and happiness seven times. Doesn't know that. And so the, 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 God says, my people are being attacked and being defeated because they don't know. So we take that and we understand that we come and every day, say every day, every day day we apply the blood of Jesus to our family. We apply the blood of Jesus every day. Why? Because we pray every day. Because the devil is, is a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. And God understands that we are leaky vessels. Okay. 
he, he says that in so many ways. We go to the mirror, we come to church and we read the word of God and we got faith and we got victory and we're believing God, but we leave the church and the, den- the, 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 the enemy comes up and takes a shot at us. And next thing we know, we're talking negative, we're speaking negative, we're thinking negative because we forgot who we were. We are leaky vessels. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have to obey Paul and stir myself up. And so God gives us ways to stir ourselves up. None of the laws of God are mandatory. We don't have to do anything. We are saved by grace. Amen? Let, let me give an example. How many know? How many, you know it's amazing. Everybody wants to prosper. I meet very few Christians who don't want to prosper. Everybody wants that harvest. They're believing. But you can't get a harvest without what? The Bible talks about the four types of soil. Every one of us is one of those types of soil. And I'm going to do an illustration of this. But it doesn't matter what kind of soil you are. You can be the best soil there is. I mean, you can hang, take the best soil in the Midwest, the, the breadbasket of the world. But if there's no seed going in that soil, you can speak over it, pray over it, do spells over it. Not, it's not, it's not going to happen. Are you with me? It's not, Pastor, I'm believing for prosperity. Are you sowing seed? Are you paying? No, I will, I will after I prosper. That's like, I'm going to sow seed right after I get my harvest. Say, duh. Okay, so we've got to understand that there are principles. We're saved by grace. But there are principles or laws that once we're saved by grace, we need to, we need to, to do. Okay? How many want your prayers answered? Okay, God says, if you men don't treat your wives right, I won't even hear your prayer. Oh, I finally got big amens. All soprano amens, but I got amens. All right, and so there's nothing we have to do, but there's things that we need to do to remind us. I'll give you an example. The Ten Commandments. Okay, the Ten Commandments. God is taking the church world and the Jewish world back to the Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Doesn't matter what everybody... Well, nobody else is doing it. How many... I I bet some of your dads knew my dad. I would... when, When I was a kid, I'd say, well, but but Bobby's doing. He said, if Bobby would jump off a, you see, your dad knew my dad. God says to the individual, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Sabbath is not Sunday. Sabbath is fishing day. Sabbath is the day we come together. We throw out the net and we've gotten 2,235 souls saved in the last, how many months? How many months? Four months in the last four months. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. But in reality, the day, the day that we, we, we make contact, that's why Paul said, be diligent. How many know if you're to be diligent, you're to really pay attention, be diligent to enter into this rest, into this menuha, into this blessing. And so we don't have to do it, but by understanding how to do it, it connects us to the blessing that we're, that we're, we're, has been paid for in full by Jesus Christ. Are you following me? 
And so God gives us some things that he tells us. Let me share this. How many realize the tithing was, was not originally a law? Who was the first guy to tithe? Abraham. No law. He knew that God gave him a victory that, that, that he could never do on his own. And so he brought a tithe of all the spoil. Because he knew that, that God's blessing caused him to be victorious. The reason why God makes it a law is because most of the time we don't do what's right unless somebody tells us to do it. Washing your hands. All employees must wash their hands. You know, if you're over, if you're over 15, nobody ought to tell you. Right? Have you, have you, have you, men, have you ever been to a restroom? Somebody goes to the bathroom, they walk right out, and you're thinking, I hope that guy don't make my pizza. They make it a law because people don't, duh. God's the same way. So he gives us some things to do to help us move into his blessing. Are you okay? All right, look at Deuteronomy chapter 11. Therefore you shall, verse 1, love the Lord your God and keep his charges, his statutes, and his judgments and his commandments always. What is this saying? He said, number one, love God and do what he tells you to do. Now, look at me a second. Why does God say, why does God say over and over and over, love me and do what I tell you to do? Yeah, because we're hard-headed. Because we go, well, you know what I think. God says, what do you mean what you think? I know what you think. That's why, that's why you've gotten in so much trouble. God says, my ways are not your ways. My, my ways and my thoughts are above you. Now, God's not making an ego statement. He's saying, I know things you don't know. Right? I'll give you an ex- another example. Washing hands. I use this all the time because it's so common. Back, it, one, of the, one of the 613 laws that God gave people was to wash your hands before you eat. The black plague hits Europe. Guess who doesn't get hit with disease? The Jewish people. So instead of the Christians saying, what are you doing that we're not doing? They, they said the Jewish people have put a curse on us, and they're the reason for the plague. The reason why, and I'm sure most Jewish people didn't understand, but the reason why they didn't get the plague, the plague was, came about because of sewerage. And God says, God in his commandments say, if you're going to go to the restroom, go to the restroom so many yards away from water. So many yards outside of camp. And then once you've gone to the restroom, wash your hands. It has nothing to do about going to heaven. It has about making sure you don't go to heaven too soon. Do you understand? Okay, because Christian, well, we're not under the law. Yes, we are under the law. We're under the blessing of the law. We're just not under the curse of the law. 
Are you with me? So God says, I know you think you're real smart, Larry, but don't just love me. Do what I tell you to do. What, what do people all the time, I, I can't afford to tithe. Okay, how many generations in your family have been poor? Let's get that curse broken. You can't, you can't afford not to tithe. If Jesus was on television, I'm telling you, they'd be ripping him apart. The widow with the widow's might came down and put her money in the Stetka box. She put all that she had in and Jesus didn't stop her. Why? Because he knew she had to sow that seed in order to get to her next level of her harvest. Now, granted, people use prosperity as a gimmick. I'll tell you that. People use that as a gimmick. That's why when I travel, I never take my own offering. Never. Never. Because I don't want to motivate somebody on prosperity and then receive an offering and take it back into my room. It's not a gimmick. But it is real. Seed time, harvest time. Amen? So God says, don't just love me, but do what I tell you to do. It, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I, when I first came in the church, I, I walked into church and everybody started going, the, the pastor said, let's praise God. And everybody went. And I go, I'm never doing that. That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Well, God said, when you come into my house, lift up your hands. Why? God said so. And to obey is better than sacrifice. His ways are not. That's why, you know, the story of Moses. Moses would lift his hands. What would happen? Everybody, God's army would win. He'd put his hands down. God's army would lose. Put his hands up. God's army would win. So finally, he he was so tired, he had somebody hold up his hands. See, that doesn't make sense. I know. It doesn't make sense that water comes out of a rock, but it does. It doesn't make sense that a whale swallowed a guy. He got his heart right. He spit him up on the right beach, but it did. Doesn't make sense that water parted and they walked through. Doesn't make sense 2,000 years ago. A Jew by the name of Jesus died on the cross and delivered me a heroin, but he did. Right? See, we got to get beyond the point of, well, that doesn't make sense. That's why the Bible says, lest we come as a little child. We, that means we got to come and, you know, a little child doesn't get in the car and go, you know, uh, father, is there enough gas in the car? No, a child just gets in. We're going, we're going to go, we're going to go to the ball game. We're going. We just obey. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God and keep his teachings, keep his commandments, his judgments all the way. Know, that, know today that I do not speak with your children. Now, listen, look at this. God says, know today that I do not speak with your children who have not known and who have not seen the chastening of the chasing of the Lord, his greatness and his mighty hand and his outstretched arm, his signs and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt and to all his land. Now, let me stop right there and try to explain what God showed me this. God is about to show us how to move into tremendous blessing. And God said, but I'm not talking to those who haven't seen the exodus of Egypt. What, in Hebrew, the reason why God showed 
the ten plagues to the children of Israel is to show I am stronger than any God in this world. I am stronger than the Nile. I am stronger than Pharaoh. I am stronger. Every God I annihilated. Now this is Jewish understanding. And so he says, now that you know I'm a strong God, I'm about to take you deeper. But those who don't know that, I can't, I can't take them to second base who hasn't been the first base. I can't take them to meat who hasn't been through the milk yet. And so when you learn this, then you pass it on to your children because I got to take you to a higher level now and the rest will come behind you and you teach them. Okay, jump over to verse 8. Therefore you shall keep every commandment. Say every. You shall keep every commandment which I command you today that you may may be strong, go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. Now, let me stop right there. He's saying, you've already seen me turn the Nile into blood. You've already seen me release locusts. You've already seen me stand in front of the doorposts of your house so that the angel of death would not touch your children. You've already seen me have Pharaoh let you go. You've already seen me have all the people of Egypt give you 400 years. You were a slave for 400 years, give you 400 years back wages. You've already seen me part the Red Sea and you've, you've seen me take you across. You saw me close that water up on your enemy where they could never come and drag you back into backsliding again. You've already seen that. And they say, yes, Lord. All right, now I'm going to show you something you haven't seen. You didn't believe me back then until I showed you. Believe me now so I can take you to a higher level. Are you okay? All right. Therefore, you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. Now, look at me a second. Why is God saying keep all the commandments? He does not mention one thing about forgiveness of sin. He doesn't mention one thing about salvation. He doesn't mention one thing about being, being uh, uh, cleansed from unrighteousness. That's already taken place because they called on the master avenger. They called on the Lord of Sabaoth while they're in slavery. That's when I got saved. While I was still a drug addict, I got saved. Now that I'm saved, I want to get into the promised land. I'm not, I'm not doing this to get saved. What does he say? Obey what I tell you to do. Why? So you can be strong. So you can go in. So you can possess the land. Once you cross over to possess, that you may prolong your days in the land. How many want to live to a ripe old age? Not only a long age, long life, but good long life. Which the Lord swore to your fathers. Do you understand what I just told you? He's telling them, obey what I'm telling you to do. Not, not that I'll forgive you. I've already forgiven you. I'm telling you, do what I tell you to do so you can get into the promised land. I don't know about you, but I want every, I don't want, I don't want a, a few of us in the promised land and everybody else waving at us. I want us all going in the promised land partying together. Oh, come on, come on. I want us all going into debt-free land together. I want us all going into owning our own homeland together. I want us all going into everybody in our family saved together. Does that make sense? 
that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. Milk and honey. And by the way, just because we're not taught to think right, it does not mean cow's milk and bee's honey. What does it mean? It, it, it means prosperity, but, but literally they're coming out of a desert and they looked across and saw a land with milk and honey. What kind of milk was it? What kind of milk? What kind of honey? Figs. Figs. Fruit. Had nothing to do with... There were no cows. There were no cows over there. But see, we're, we're, taught, we're taught to think Eastern. God's wanting us to think... Or we're taught to think Western. God's wanting us to think Eastern. Are you all okay? So I just ruined your cow theory, didn't I? Okay. Um, where am I? Verse 10, for the land which you go to possess is, is not like the land of Egypt, which you have come where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. In other words, he's talking about you don't have to work three jobs to get ahead. Amen. We're moving into land that just like back to the garden. Adam and Eve had to work, but they didn't, they didn't work 16 hours a day. Their main job was not to till the ground. They tilled a little bit. God blessed it. Their main job was to walk with God. Boy, I'm really ruining some people here. Your main, your main function on earth is not to work 10 hours a day where you're too tired to come home and pray. You're too tired to study. You're too tired to go play with your children. That is not the will of God. The will of God is that they work for you. Are y'all okay? All right. Now God's telling you, this is what I want to do. If you do what? If you obey me. Okay. If you obey what I'm telling you to do now, now hold on, hang in there with me. But the land verse 11, but the land, which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys with drinks, uh, water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord, your God cares. The eyes of the Lord, your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. And it shall be that if you diligently obey, everybody say obey. Obey. Diligently, pay attention to this. All right, verse 13. And it shall be that if you diligently obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season. The early rain. Now, Boy, why in its season? Why in its season? Because if it rains too early, the seed will rot. If it rains too late, the seed will be, will, there will be a drought and dry up. But when you're serving God and you're obeying God and you're living for God in the due season so that it brings maximum joy, maximum prosperity, maximum blessing, you may not understand it. You may not understand it, but trust what God is saying. And when you see, all of a sudden you're going, where did this come from? It's because you're in. How many have ever heard these words? Well, I'm not in the perfect will of God, but I'm in the permissible will of God. Why would you want to be there? If it's sprinkling here, that's good. But if it's overflowing here, wouldn't you want to be there? 
It doesn't mean, it doesn't, if you know you're not in the will of God, then you must know what the will of God is. And the will of God is only to bring you in a land that flows with milk and honey and bring you rain and bless you in your coming. Why would you? You got to be dumb not to be living there. Bible calls no man a fool. You got to be an idiot to live there. Right? But see, what happens is, well, that's not what I was taught in grandma's church. That's not I was what I, aren't you glad? Thank God for what we learned 20 years ago. But can you imagine if the Lord tarries what we're going to know in the next two years? There's, it's a never-ending story. And then I will give you rain in your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain. And by the way, look at me a second. The early rain is the offering we just took for the barley. That is to release salvation into your family. That is to release the grace of God in your family. The latter rain is the offering we're going to take on the day of Pentecost, which is the heave offering. And this brings prosperity that no, no enemy can steal. It is the early rain is the wave offering. The latter rain is the heave offering, and it is what brings the Pentecost, the wisdom, the blessing, the prosperity that nothing can steal for the rest of the year. Somebody shout amen. See, we, we read that all the time, early rain, latter rain. We don't even know what that means. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get the early rain and the latter rain. What does that mean? Nah, I don't know. God's showing us what it means. Somebody say amen. There are three times that you are commanded by God to bring an offering. On, on Passover, on the barley offering, 50 days later, which is Jubilee, you bring the heat. What is Jubilee? Sets all the captive free, cancels all the debts, brings all the prosperity. And then on, on the Day of Atonement, three days you're commanded. Why? It releases the favor of God. Say, Pastor, nobody taught this to us before. That's okay. Because everything the devil has stolen from us, now that we know, we're getting it all back multiplied by seven. Okay, the early rain, latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, your oil, and I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Take heed. Don't you be starting to believe something that I did not say in my book. You know what the problem is? What most people do, most Christians, is they follow denominational laws instead of God's laws. That's the problem. And, and there's two reasons. Number one, political. In Christianity, well, if you don't believe the way I believe, then I'm going to start my own denomination and everybody that's going to my denomination got to believe what I believe and if you don't believe what I believe, you're all going to hell. I've never been to a church like that. Don't ever go to a church because this is the only church that teaches the whole truth. Now, if you leave this church, you will go to hell. We got how many denominations do we have in America? And they're all absolutely convinced that what they're saying is truth. And everything else is false. You know how we get back to all being one church? We go back to God's word. We get rid of denominations and we go back to the Torah. We go back to what Jesus taught. 
You know, thank God for all these great teachers, but none of them is as great a teacher as Jesus, and none of them is as great a teacher as the Father, and so all we got to do is go back and do what he says. Well, if you women wear makeup, if you women don't wear makeup, if you women wear pants, if you men don't wear this and that, we got all these rules, all we got to do is go back to the Bible. Say amen. All right. Take heed yourself, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain. And the land yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord has given you. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. Now look at this. Bind them on your hand. They shall be frontlets between your eyes. Now look at this. Listen to this. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Now, this is what I taught on Sunday. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house. Now, what is God saying? You've seen my miracles. You've seen me turn the water into blood. You've seen me make the sun dark. You've seen me cause Pharaoh to let you go. You saw me part the Red Sea. You saw what I can do. Now obey me in this. Take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house. Why? To remind you, I am the God that's bigger than the God of the Nile. I am the God that's bigger than the God of cancer. I am the God that's bigger than the God of racism. I am the God that's bigger than any idol. I am the God that's bigger than any, than any battle you face. And sometimes when you're facing the battle, you forget, you go, you've gone to the mirror, but you forget that you are more than a conqueror. So God says, take my word. And that's what we've got there and put it on the doorpost of your house and put it on on your front house and put it on your back door and put it on your children's bedroom so they can say to you mom and dad why do you have that on my door and you can say to remind you no matter what you're facing our God is a mighty God and the blood of Jesus has defeated every enemy and we need that we need that listen can I be real honest with you When I first came down, when Tiz and I first came down here, we left the church of 17 years. We're in a building project. I'm on TV. Everything's paid for. My church has been with me. My staff has been with me. Everything's established. And God said, I want you to get up out of the land that you know and go to a land you don't know. And there was a time that I came here. And thank God we opened up and we had people uh, like Alberta and, and all kinds of people that came right from the beginning. But I'm telling you all our friends were up there all our security was up there all of our 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 life was up there and there was a time that I left here one morning and I said what am I doing what have I done to leave everything by chance there was no I didn't you weren't here then some of you some of you were but most you won't and I walked in my house and I saw the mezuzah on my door and I reached up and I touched it and God spoke to me said I'm a God of covenant promises if I told you to go I'm going with you you need to take that why number one God said to do it 
It didn't make any sense for God to tell Moses to smote that water. Lord, here comes the enemy. God said, didn't I turn the Nile into blood? Yes, Lord, then do what I told you to do. But Lord, don't but me, just do what I told you to do. They're getting close. God says, when you do this, I'm going to bring you into a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to bring you the early and latter rain. Why? Because when we do this, It is obeying God. But I'm going to tell you something, and I didn't say this because we were filming for television. When we obey God, there is something supernatural that happens. When you cover yourself in that tallit, when you cover your head in that tallit, the rabbis say that when you put that tallit on your head, it blocks out the words of this world. We battle not with flesh and blood, but we do battle with principalities and powers and rules of darkness and the devil saying, you know what? Your business isn't going. You know what? Your children won't get saved. But when you put that to lead on and you dwell in the secret place of the most high God, the devil cannot speak to your mind. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What? what why do we have to do it? You don't have to do it. But if you want to dwell in the secret place of almighty God and hear the voice of God, then just do what God tells you to do. If you want to be connected so the devil doesn't steal your promise, take my word and put it on the doorposts of your house and teach your children. This is why we're putting it on. And devil, sickness is not coming in on my kids. Poverty is not coming in on my kids. Drugs are not coming in on my kids. Just do what he tells you to do. Somebody shout amen. You getting it? I'm done. Can I, can I have five more minutes? The clock says I'm done. Can I have five more minutes? I was, I was went and, and, and spoke to a wonderful, wonderful man, a Jewish rabbi in Beverly Hills, very anti-Christian and had a reason. Most of what the Jewish people have gone through for 2,000 years has been done to them in the name of Jesus. Torture, rape, murder, persecution, theft, all done by the church. The The Inquisition, by the church. The church fathers did this. And so, obviously, they're a little skeptical about getting around us. Do you understand that? And all of a sudden, we're reaching out. And so we go to this gentleman's house, this friend of our house in Beverly Hills, and he brings the rabbi in because he wants us to meet, they want us to meet some people. And he said, no, we don't trust these Christians. So he comes in, we set up a meeting, he comes in. You got to understand why. Do you understand why? Okay, uh, we went to the Holocaust site in uh, in Kharkov, um, Ukraine. And where, where on Christmas Day, the Nazi soldiers marched 25,000 Jewish men, women, and babies into a ditch while they sang carols about Jesus and machine gunned them to death while they sang about Jesus because these people would not believe in our Messiah. So obviously there is skepticism out there. They don't say it so much, but it is. Very, very skeptical. You and I are called by God to be repairers of the breach. 
Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now listen to this. So he comes in. A few minutes was in. They call us to lunch. We're sitting down to eat. And the rabbi sits down, crosses his arms, and looks at me and says, well, we might as well get to it. Why are you selling mezuzahs and tallits in your, on, your, on your website? In other words, why are you Christians selling our stuff on your website? And I said, well, I'll tell you. And I began to tell him on the journey that I've been for the last 10 years and why I left Portland to build a center here in Dallas, Fort Worth, because God told me, because God said, this is what I've called you to do. I've called you to bring the church back to the Jewish roots. I was talking to the rabbi who, Lappin, who spoke for us last, last week, and he called me today on the phone. And when I was telling him about this, he said, do you know that what you're doing is not the cutting edge? He said, Pastor Larry, you are the edge. He said, you're not on the cutting edge. You are the edge. And he said, the next time a, a Jewish person says, why are you wearing tallits? Why are you, or do you have on your door mezuzahs? He said, turn to them and say, why aren't you? God spoke to me and he said, that scripture, you will provoke them to jealousy. And I've always thought this, I've always thought this, Jack, that they would see us doing what they're doing. Because the Bible says, when we add to our faith, their knowledge... Okay, they've got the knowledge of the Torah. We've got, they've got the knowledge of the word. The Jews are the keepers of the word. We have Jesus, the living word. Now that we've got the living word, we need to have the knowledge of the word. Are you with me? And what does the Bible say? When we build the tabernacle, one wall the apostles, one wall the prophets, one wall the Old Testament, one wall the new testament with jesus the chief cornerstone god will re-establish his tabernacle there that's you and i bringing in the glorious church but watch this so i always thought that jewish people would say to us you're doing what we're doing and yet you're seeing such blessing and such anointing and such power and such miracles What's the difference? And we would say that Jesus is the Messiah. But when I heard this, and Rabbi Lappin said this to me, that most Jewish people don't put mezuzahs up. Most Jewish people don't put wear the tallit anymore. That, that, the enemy has, that the enemy has separated us from the word and separated many of them from the word. That when it says we will provoke them to jealousy, I saw what was happening when this wonderful, wonderful man of God, this rabbi said, why are you selling mezuzahs on your website? Why are your people wearing tallits? And Rabbi Lappin said, ask them why they're not. The provoking the jealousy is that the Jewish people will see us coming back to the Torah and obeying the word of God and seeing the blessing come and say, you know what? They're wearing their yarmulkes. They're wearing their tallits. They've got mezuzahs on the door. Even the, even the believers of Jesus have come back to the Torah. If they're coming back to the Torah, we need to come back to the Torah. And what did God, what did Jesus say? Who gave, who, who did God give the Torah to? God gave the Torah to Moses. What did Jesus say? He said, when they believe Moses, they'll believe in me. Folks, we are about to see an outpouring of God's spirit. All we got to do is do what God tells us to do. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. 
Oh, man, I feel an anointing. And just think, I almost didn't come tonight. No, no, I'm just joking. Do you, do you see where we're going? Do you see what this is? Take the mezuzah. It's got the scripture rolled up inside of the very scripture that God said, put it on the doorpost of your house. You're not going to write on the doorpost. We've got it rolled up. Get, get one for your front door. Get one for your back door. Get one for your bedroom. Get one for your children's bedroom. We've got them made with seven drops of blood so that, that, so when the enemy comes in and he's bluffing you, you can look at that and be reminded, devil, you cannot come in here anymore. My, the blood of the lamb is on the doorpost and the father is, I may not, listen to me. I may not feel him, I may not see him, but I know by the blood on the door of this doorpost that the Father is standing in front of my home and you're not getting my family anymore ever again. Somebody shout amen.